0: Web 2.0 Innovation Trend Collaboration, Trend. Collaboration. Software Metadata Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy-Myle Report, here on the Legal Talk Network.
1: And welcome to episode 96 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. And I'm also back from my recent visit to Dallas. And Tom and I got to celebrate the relaunch of this podcast with a spectacular meal at Spoon Bar and Kitchen, the new restaurant of top chef Seattle contestant John Teaser. In our last episode, we talked about how lawyers can take advantage of digital cameras, especially those in smartphones. This episode takes another perspective on smartphones and tablet devices and the growing role that apps—often many, many apps—are playing for us. Tom, what's on our agenda for this episode?
2: Well, first, I I can't agree any more with you that that uh, that. Spoon Barn Kitchen was a fantastic, fabulous meal, and I'm, I'm glad you were here, and it was great having dinner with you. Uh, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will uh, talk about app management and taking control of the apps that uh, we're all starting to accumulate on our mobile devices. In our second segment, we'll tackle the question of iPad or iPad mini, and as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start using the second this podcast is over. So first, let's get started with our main topic, and that's app management. Uh, Most of the mobile devices that we use today, whether it's an iPad or an iPhone or Android device, uh, a Windows Surface, I guess maybe with the exception of the Windows devices, I, I they don't think that they manage the apps that you purchase the same way that a computer manages the software that you might install on a desktop or laptop. And you know, instead of creating separate folders within an, a separate Program Files folder, it makes it very hierarchical and very easy to go and locate and find. Mobile devices really just. List all the apps that we've installed. Uh, often taking up screen after screen after screen after screen. If we if we wind up downloading lots of apps, I think more and more people are coming to me at presentations, Dennis. I don't know about you, and they're asking how they can get control, better control over the apps that they're using. Dennis, I know that you've probably accumulated hundreds of apps by now. How many are uh, are on your iPhone and iPad?
1: Well, I was afraid you were going to ask this, and I'm going to blame it on your your iPad apps for lawyers book is which it's caused me to download all these apps but as but it was probably inevitable anyway uh yeah there there are these uh sites like apps gone free that i really take advantage of that let you know when a paid app is available for free so when i checked uh and it varies from device to device for me but uh, in the 300 range for me it's is what i see installed installed on my devices how about you
2: well, when we're when we're talking about the number of apps that are installed, I probably have somewhere in the range. If we're looking at both my iPhone and my iPad, we're looking in the range of of probably between four and five hundred apps. If I if I go to iTunes and I look at all the apps that I have downloaded, um, that this number is misleading. This is. This has 669 apps. I, I think it's probably many more than that because there are a lot of apps that I've downloaded that I've ultimately deleted from iTunes. So I would say that the number for me in terms of the apps that I have downloaded and tried um, and some deleted some and kept the rest would probably be between seven and 800. It's a, it's a pretty decent, healthy number.
1: And then obviously neither of us use anything like all of those apps. So it's a, it's a small fraction that you use. And what I what I found, and I recently did uh, my ABA journal column on on app management, just the basics of it, was that it it can be a little frustrating how those apps get managed, and. What you really would like to see, I think, is is the apps that you use on a consistent basis on your first screen or the home screen, or maybe related apps in a folder by subject matter. And it's possible to do all those things, but as you load more and more on it, you, you find yourself kind of, you know, swiping through screen after screen trying to find things, and and you do really reach some points where it, it does feel a little bit uh, unmanageable. So um, it seems like there's a couple of basic approaches to this, Tom, and I'm not sure that all of them are. I don't, I don't feel it's anywhere where it needs to be, but this sort of basic approach to me is that you organize your apps by the screens on your device. Um, you can also do folders and, and then you can also, you can do it either by on device management, as it might be called, or, or through iTunes. And, and I guess we'll just use the iPad and the iPhone, uh, as our example in this podcast.
2: Well, I do want to tell people how to do it, whether depending on how they want to to, to, to manage their apps. But I think I think you're right. I think you've covered uh, the 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 different uh, options that people have. I personally. Uh, prefer to put uh, my apps into folders and, and I think you're right. I don't use anywhere close to the number of, uh, to, to all the apps that I have on, on either of my device. I Since I speak and write on the topic, I have a lot on there for reference purposes to be able to show to people, to be able to try out and use if people have questions about them, but I think that for most of us you, me, and, and the listeners included, um, it may be that we only use one screen's worth of, of apps on a regular Basis and maybe, you know, apps of another screen's worth uh, on a on a less frequent basis and and so my my strong preference is to take uh, uh, all of those other apps and to place those into folders and 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 maybe right now it makes sense to kind of go through sort of the mechanics of how to do that. Dennis, how to when 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 you're creating folders, how do you uh, how do you accomplish that?
1: Well, I, I it's. it's to me, it's that on in iTunes, which is I tend to do the iTunes method uh, because of the, the amount of, of apps I have and it's easier for me to to work with. And we can kind of step back a little bit and, and talk about how the mechanics of that. But when I do folders uh, in iTunes, if you sort of, drag one I one app icon on top of another it suggests a folder name you know productivity games you know news whatever and you can use that to start a folder and then uh, you know move move other apps in into that folder you can also custom you know custom name those things um, so so I think you, you want to look for sort of related uh, items and then a, a useful folder. So it could be something like social media. Um, I really like the apps that are like, you know, the flashlight, the level, the all the, you know, uh, those types of apps that are almost like tools. So I like to have all those in one place. Um, and then uh and then as, as I've, uh, and then the news things, weather, a number of weather apps. So they're all in one place. Travel is another common one. So you can do those things and kind of get those into either the first or the second screen, which I think is, is the helpful way to go. I think where people first start to run in. So that's the folder approach. I, I think people might not think folders make sense because they don't feel they have a lot of apps, but I think, uh it will make sense cuz it helps you get more apps onto the home screen so you don't have to sort of swipe through your device to find out to find the app that you want to use
2: no, I agree. I, although I really I, I have stopped using iTunes to manage my iPad or my iPhone. I just think it's it's too cumbersome, and I don't like to plug it in. And, but but to maybe take a step back and 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 make sure we're all on the same page. When you plug your device in, um, you will and then navigate to it within iTunes. You'll be able to see, and, and if you click on the Apps button, it will. You'll be able to see every screen of your device, and you can go back and forth between screens, and actually with using your house you can move uh, move apps around you can create folders you can do all the things that Dennis just said and and it's if you're if you're more comfortable working on a PC environment with a with a mouse and dragging things around that's probably the better option for you I'm uh, I, I like to do things on my uh, on, on, on my iPad and so it's really just a matter of pressing down on the app until it starts jiggling uh, and then once it does that you're able to to then move it back and forth you can m- move it on top of another app that'll create a folder that like Dennis said, we'll come up with a suggested name that you can edit if you want to, uh, uh, and, uh, and and then you can move either folders or apps between screens. and And one of the things that that uh, kind of hardest for some some of my friends who are using iPads for the first time uh, have difficulty understanding how an app gets from a screen to screen and to do that you're going you're gonna to press it until it jiggles and then grab onto it and then drag it in the direction you want it to go whichever if you're headed towards the home screen you're going to drag it to the left if you're going to drag it in a different direction you'll drag it to the right and you drag it to the very edge of the screen and when you do if you ho- hold it there for just a, a second it's probably a split second it's going going to to switch to the next screen automatically and 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 it's not always the most intuitive feeling in the world and so it may kind of take you by surprise when it does that but that's how to move an app or a folder from uh, from screen to screen on the ipad um that's that's generally, uh, frankly, that's that that's my setup. Is is I have folders for everything except what's on a home screen, and uh, and 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 the rest of them I've 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 just put into uh, into folders based on their particular topic. Dennis, do you have any any other approaches that you want to talk about or talk about kind of how you're managing things?
1: Well, I want to talk a little bit about the on-device a- approach because I think we're in people first realize you have a, an app management issue it's almost by mis- you know something just doesn't seem right and I think that the wobbling or the jiggling of the apps I think a lot of people will be familiar with that because they've accidentally you know pressed too long on the icon for an app and all of a sudden all the icons start start jiggling and you think you did something wrong and you try to figure out what you're gonna do well that's actually is the tool that you use to move the icons around so uh, the first your first experience with that jiggling might be this sort of unsettling feeling that you did something wrong but you know once you've done it um, you get used to that and then the other thing is that you what you'll find is as your sort of screen what I'll call screen capacity gets filled as you start to add apps um, you'll download a new app and you you might realize it's not on your device. And what you'll find is that you've actually, you have too many apps for the amount of available space. And that forces you into folders too, just to to clear space. And so that was one of the things I found was I was, you know, I had downloaded some new apps and I just wasn't seeing them on the device or I would see them on my iPad, but not on my iPhone because the iPad um, holds more apps than the the iPhone does um, on the screen. so there's a certain accidental quality sometimes about this or where you realize that you actually have to do something and so if you've gone to that uh extreme, then I think the on device approach can be a little tricky because you're gonna have to create a bunch of folders um that will free up some space you sync again you'll get some you know new apps onto your device and so it can be a little cumbersome if you if you have like good uh you know app hygiene, I'll call it, where you set up the folders from the beginning, then I think the on device thing, um, you know, can can work pretty well. And, and also, if you don't add a lot of device, you add a lot of apps on a regular basis. So the sites like apps gone free, where you are going like, almost every day, you're going like, hey, here's a cool new free app, those will tend to, to overload your system and, and get you into the hundreds of apps range.
2: Yeah, I um I, I tend to I haven't I haven't actually come across or uh, uh, this this situation where an app doesn't show up on my device because I, I tend to use very aggressive use of folders and I guess maybe I should interrupt here and say we Dennis and I live in a very uh, Apple centric world. We are iPhone and iPad users, but as far as I know, um it 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 works essentially the same with Android devices. You uh, you you create folders and organize them essentially The same way by holding the apps down and and then moving them onto each other. Uh, I am not aware of a of a desktop or I guess uh, off device way of managing folders um, for the Android because you tend to live so much in the cloud with Android and with Google. Um, But but uh, for for most of the things we're talking about, a lot of similarities will exist with with respect to Android devices. I I think we we I want to talk. I want to maybe take a, a. a related detour and talk about just the idea I think because to me app management also means uh, cleaning apps, it means uh, uh, d- deleting apps when you no longer need them, um, you know from time to time, go in and see what what apps do you have, what apps do you no longer need. Um, and, and you can go in and, like Dennis said, you can delete directly from the device. You can press and hold until it jiggles, then press that X button. You'll get a confirmation asking, do you want to delete this app? And you can delete it. Now, keep in mind, it won't be deleted if you use iTunes to sync uh, with your iPad. It will not be deleted completely unless you go into iTunes and delete it from there as well. Otherwise, if you, if you delete it from your iPad or your iPhone and then you go back and sync it, uh, iTunes will think, oh, you really didn't mean to do that, and it will go ahead and reload that app back onto your, your iPad. So uh, so make sure that you've got it deleted in both places. Um, and But then even if you delete an app, you can always get it back. If you notice that, uh, uh, like I said, you can resync it with iTunes if you haven't deleted it from iTunes, or you can go into the App Store. Uh, if you go into the App Store either in iTunes or on your device, you can click the Purchased button, and you'll uh, you'll be able to. See every single app that you have ever downloaded, and you'll be able to re-download it at that point in time. Um, I think one other handy trick that you can uh, that you can do with your with your iPad or iPhone is actually hide purchases. If there are app purchases that uh, maybe you aren't so proud of uh, having downloaded, or you maybe just had so many that you don't want to see all of the apps, you can actually hide them. Uh, From from both uh, from both iTunes or your your iPad, if in, in previous versions on the iOS, you could actually go into the purchased section of your iPhone or iPad in the App Store and you could swipe left or right on a purchased app and there would and a button would appear that would say hide for some reason in ios 6 that doesn't exist it may it may exist in future releases but right now if you want to hide an app you need to go into the itunes store if you click on the app store um and and then there's a purchased link in the right menus taking you to all of the apps that you've purchased um you'll see a link of and a listing of all the apps that you purchased just hold your mouse over that app that you want to hide and an an x is going to appear in the uh, in the upper corner when you click the x you're Going to be asked to confirm whether you want to hide the app, and you can always unhide that app from your uh, from, from your account settings page. So uh, it's just a useful feature if you want to get you know not show as many apps that you purchased uh, on your purchase list, or uh, if you want to uh, to uh, have that from unprying eyes. And then there's there's one other setting that I think is really important and it's, it has come in very handy for me and it's if you have multiple devices, if you have uh, more than one iPad, we'll talk about that in the second segment. If you have an iPad and an iPhone, um, you can enable them so that when you download an app on one device it will automatically download to all your other devices To do that just go to settings in either your iPhone or your iPad and then um, hit the link for iTunes and App stores and then there there is an on button next to apps. When you press that, then once you download something on your iPad, it'll download to your iPhone and vice versa. You can also do that to uh, to automatically download music and books too, if uh, if you want to. But it's a nice way to keep the same apps on uh, on multiple devices. If that's something that's interesting to you.
1: Yeah, Tom. Let me go back to the iTunes approach um, to, because I do a lot of syncing and I I manage through iTunes. And as you mentioned, there's a there is a drop down menu for apps and you go in there and it's it's interesting because it does mirror the device that you're uh, you're looking that you're syncing with or you know this, this plugged into your computer and we'll show all the screens and what's on them and it has like a nice list of all your apps with check boxes and so if you want to uh take things off of your your ipad or your iphone you just uncheck them and check the new ones you want to add and then you can also uh you know, go from screen to screen in iTunes and move things. You know, click and drag, uh, create folders, move things from screen to screen, and uh, you know, if you like using a mouse and you like using iTunes, it's it's a a good way to go. I I think, and and and, and I've used it. It is, I will say, it's cumbersome because once you get a little bit out of control, that uh, you know, I I took I was overloaded on my iPad Mini. Uh, the other night and I wanted to clean things up and have a lot of space and so I I did a lot of work on folders and it took a couple hours while I was watching television and I got things down to six screens as opposed to uh, you know, I guess there's a total of ten that I could use, but six of them, and now I have a good set of folders and related things, and most of the stuff that I want on the home home screen there. So, um, if you're doing a lot of work, I, I sort of like the iTunes the iTunes approach on a day-to-day basis. Once you maybe got things under control, then doing it on device probably probably works well. Tom, what would you like to see um, in app management that, that we don't have now?
2: Well, you know, I, I I've wanted Apple to have a, a standard filing system anyway, and, and I and I, I I like the idea of being able to store things in folders automatically. I'm, I'm still not sure that that completely makes sense. Um, so I. You know, I when you asked this question before we recorded the podcast, and I've sort of been racking my brains and thinking that for for what we have and for how it is, yeah, I might, I might want a simpler way of creating folders and moving things a, around and dealing with it. But I'm pretty satisfied with the way that it works. It works fine for me. I don't really have any complaints about it. Dennis, is there anything you would add if you had to, had unlimited ability to change things? Yep.
1: Alphabetical order. I mean, I think that would be be, that would be so nice to just put things in alphabetical order and flip through, you know, swipe through the screens and, you know, get to the L's or whatever, whatever you need. And I think that would that would be helpful, but maybe some simple things along those lines, uh, you know, maybe size or, you know, those those sorts of simple things, I think, would be nice additions to, to the management options.
2: I agree, I agree um, so and and frankly that 's something that i don 't think about I, I I alphabetize now i don 't alphabetize within. My folders, and so that would be a very nice feature to have. Is something that would automatically alphabetize within folders, uh, make it a lot easier that way. But I do alphabetize my folders in general. Uh, so, so maybe let's take us out, uh, take us out of this segment, and and compare what our 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 favorite ideas for dealing with, with app management, and and how we you know what's your favorite way, and, and I'll and I'll share mine.
1: Well, uh, you know, the iTunes approach, I think you go to to folders um, and then kind of I wouldn't accept the default folders, but try to think of what works for you. And and one thing that I haven't done, uh, but I'm going to do is a suggestion I saw recently uh, to just put together a most frequently used apps uh, folder and put that on your home screen so that you have all the stuff, you know, the Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, you know, all those all those sorts of things you use on a regular basis, just in one handy folder that's always going to be on the home screen.
2: And for me, frankly, like I said, even though I have hundreds of apps, I probably only frequently use between ten and twenty of them. And so those are the apps that actually are on my home screen. I really don't need a folder for my most frequently used apps. I just have them on the home screen. And frankly, with the with the apps on my in my dock are I happen to be the apps I use a lot more often. And and even so, I very rarely get to them by going to the home screen in the first place. I typically just go you know when you punch the home button twice and it brings up your uh, your multitask bar and you've got all of the apps that have been recently used that's what i use more often than not i've that's where all of my frequently used apps are put in the first place and i and i move back and forth between apps that way uh, it's a to to me it's it's the most convenient way of getting to the apps that i use most often
1: well i was going to say time though that what what's coming in the future we're we're already seeing is that you're going to have apps for you know Newspapers, magazines, you know, uh, stores—all these things. So you're just going to see more and more apps and the dedicated apps. So that that would become a, a concern as well um, as uh, as we work on app management.
2: Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny
0: from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, President of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there
2: any ethical or security related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing?
1: We're starting to see the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing, and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing in a law firm, but that as with the use of any third party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your confidential client data.
0: We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you,
1: and if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G O C L I O.com.
0: If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
2: Now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm
1: Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, we answer a question that we frequently get. In fact, our friend, the legal technologist, Paul Unger, asked us this very question in Dallas last week. Why should I get an iPad mini if I already have an iPad? Tom, what's your usual answer?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I'm i going to co-opt your question for a second. And I'm going to say that the question I usually get these days is, should I get a mini or an iPad if I don't have an iPad already? Um, and I think that the answer, I'm not sure that the answer is the same in both instances. Uh, let me get back into the answer by by explaining that I pretty much use the Mini all the time now. Uh, I use it more often than I use my large iPad. Uh, I know that our friend Neil Scalante at uh, at TechnoLawyer um, talks about the, he is just raving about using the iPad Mini so much that he bought two of them to, to use one at work and one at home, and I tend to agree I I use it uh, for all of my content consumption I take it with me when I travel now rather than take the big iPad Uh, but that said um, there's one thing about the mini that was very was and is very difficult for me and that is uh, I I don't know if it's part of my age or just my eyesight but um, many of the apps that I use I have had to bump the text up to the largest the largest available uh, font the largest available text size to be able to see what I'm reading, there are some apps. My 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 Google Reader app that I like to use, Mr. Reader, um, was very small, and it was very difficult to see the text in there um, because of the, the size of the screen. A lot easier to view on the on the large size iPad. I also think that uh, that to do a lot of productive things, to and, and especially if you plan on presenting evidence at trial, if you're a litigator um, and you need to work in apps like uh, like uh, trial Pad, uh, or some of the other evidence presentation apps, or, or just some of the apps that allow that make you annotate. I think having that extra real estate to uh, to work with documents on really makes a lot of sense. And so, I guess my my long winded answer, Dennis, is that it really depends on what use you plan on making of the iPad. These days, I don't do a ton of. Productive work on there. I, I can take notes on here. It's very easy to type on the iPad Mini, um, and and I I like it for for some productivity efforts. But it but I think that it really makes sense to have a larger iPad to do a lot of other things that lawyers are going to need to do. And so I think really just look at what you're doing, what use you make of the iPad, and and that may guide uh, may guide your decision.
1: Yeah, I mean I've I've shifted over to to my iPad Mini as as well, and. Um, I think this year people may get tired of hearing me refer to Clayton Christensen's job to be done uh, approach. But um, I go back and I, I've just been asking myself, uh, what am I hiring the iPad mini to do? And if I can answer that question, uh, then, then I'll know whether I should get an iPad or an iPad mini. And so in my case... I had uh, I was having problems with my old Kindle, and so I liked the idea of, of I wanted something to read, uh, you know, and read in bed even, and the iPad is, is kind of big and heavy for that. And then I do a limited amount of travel, and, and I thought of the things I was going to use it for, and that smaller form factor, lighter weight, the ability to hold it in one hand uh, really made sense for me, but uh, it... It was the reading aspect of it that became uh, the basis for my decision. So you're right, Tom. If you're doing something else where you need more real estate or you're writing, taking certain types of notes, that sort of thing – then you may go to the you may go the iPad route, but but the iPad Mini it just seems like a, a lot of people I run into once they get it really like it and they shift away from the iPad.
2: I agree. I mean, almost everybody that I know that's using the Mini has started uh, has, has really made it their exclusive device, and and so. Uh, I don't know that I have much more to say on it it's it's what do you need it for frankly uh, I, I would always argue to to have two have one for work and one for play but I will say that since I got the mini I don't use I don't use my Kindle anymore the Kindle app on my iPad mini is is all I need it's a great reading device but that said the text is small I mean the good thing with the Kindle is you can bump that si- that text size up so you can so you can read it but uh, it does take a little bit of adjustment uh, if you have I guess old eyes like mine.
1: Now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away.
2: I started using a new program the past week. I, I did the trial, and and now I'm debating on whether I want to purchase the the premium version. It's it's called Key Rocket, and Key Rocket uh, works primarily with your Microsoft Office tools, with Word, Excel, PowerPoint, uh, so the other tools that are part of Microsoft Office, and it. Uh, I think it works also in Internet Explorer and Windows Explorer, and 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 Microsoft related tools um, and, and its goal is to figure out uh, how much time you're wasting by using your mouse to click and do things and so what will happen is if you go up and you uh, you hit uh, the the button for a bulleted list or you want to justify something in word or or you want to change the uh, the font or the or the the, the line spacing um, key rocket will pop up a little window that says did you know that with this keyboard shortcut you could do this from your keyboard rather than take the time to go and and click here and click there and do this and do that. And uh, I, I'm a I'm a believer that using keyboard shortcuts really can save time. I just don't always know. I know, I know sort of the basics of the key of the shortcuts on uh, on in Word. I can I can do all of my shortcuts for bold and italics and underline and I can select all the text and I can do some other things. But uh, the the shortcuts that it taught me were pretty interesting and and did save a whole lot of time. I'm trying to justify getting the premium. It's it's twenty nine dollars a year and I assume that it's a subscription because they'll update the shortcuts as shortcuts change with microsoft um but a really interesting product key rocket uh if if you want to save more time using your microsoft office tools and what
1: mine is going to relate to it seems like a lot of people recently snowstorms other storms other things happening have have been without power for sometimes extended periods of time and and with mobile devices when you run low or out of power, you it's it's a it's a big problem. Tom, people like you who travel a lot seem to have like all these extra batteries and all these other tricks, but the rest of us who don't travel often can kind can don't really have all those things and it may not seem like it makes sense until something something bad happens. But I found a, a great um, blog post by Richard Bagley on the, the Tech Hive uh, site called 10 Tips to Keep Your Mobile Devices Charged and and Happy. And I I actually uh, did a blog post on the Law Technology Today uh, blog about this that if it's not out already, will be out soon. But it's just 10 great tips for ways to kind of optimize your use of, of the battery that you have on your mobile devices from effective ways to charge to what kind of chargers you can use or not use and, and with the idea of sort of optimizing the power life that you get so you don't, you don't get it caught short.
2: So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us as well as links to all the topics we discussed today will be available on our show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes at lawtechnologytoday.org or on the Legal Talk Network site. Our archives of previous podcasts are still available in iTunes and on the Legal Talk Network website. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet at tkmreport. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile.
1: And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Get our new episodes automatically by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Tuck Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.